0: and welcome to episode 202 of the mtg goldfish podcast it's seth probably better known as Afron olive and i'm joined today by two co-hosts first off richard the owner of mtg goldfish how's it going today richard
1: what's up seth surprise spoilers yeah i always love surprise spoilers
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wizards loves just sneaking those spoilers in At the least uh, opportune time It's the holidays and so much stuff going on And it's just like, ah, spoilers Talk about that now, everyone So, uh, it's fun, though I-, I never can complain about seeing new cards That's probably the best part of Magic, I think Is just, like, seeing new cards It's so fun and exciting So, along with Richard, we also have special guest, Krim How's it going today, Krim?
2: Hey, what's up, Seth? It's going, it's actually going well, great <laughs> Also excited on these Spoilers I've just been like super just like try- I've, I've been like waiting to see all the mechanics. So I'm just excited to see like spectacle and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, we, we got the one random leaked spectacle card and everyone was trying to figure out the mechanic. And now we finally know. So our show today is going to be a big chunk spoilers, talking about the stuff that came out, uh, in just the last few hours, most of it. So spoilers first. Then we're going to talk some magic arena stuff. There were some announcements last week. Uh, the top 32 players that are going to be in the 2019 pro league were also announced. So we're going to talk briefly about that. And then of course, fish mail. So that's the plan for today's show. Before we jump into it, a quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by SpikesAcademy.com, the world's first Magic the Gathering e-learning academy. They got some sweet online courses by really amazing players like uh, Paula Vito D'Amadorosa, Reed Duke teaching classes. So you can check them out over at SpikesAcademy.com and even get 10% off with the coupon code GOLDFISH. And to learn more, check them out at Spikes underscore Academy on Twitter. So thank you so much to Spikes Academy for the support. And with that out of the way, Richard, let's talk some spoilers. Why don't you guide us through some of these new cards?
1: Alright. Uh Spectacle is the new mechanic, but before we talk about Spectacle, I want to talk about some of the promos. We have a new legendary hate bear. So hateful that it turned blue. <laughs> Lavinia Azorius Renegade. It's it's a blue it's a blue-white hate bear. 2-2. Legendary creature, human soldier. Each opponent can't cast non creature spells with converted mana costs greater than the number of lands that player controls. (laughs) Whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. (laughs) This card,
0: I, uh, so, so this card, it's one of those cards that I think, the further back you go, format-wise, the better it gets. In standard, this card's pretty meh. I'm not sure. Unless there's something uh, coming up in the next couple sets that we don't know about that this hates on, it seems like a card that's pretty close to just unplayable in standard. I guess if someone breaks omniscience or something, uh, it's a hate card there. But for the most part, uh, this card has a lot of potential, I think, in modern, legacy, vintage, where it hits on a ton of different things. So, that's mostly where I'm excited for this one.
2: I'm just happy that it's not Detain <laughs> for, <laughs> for Lavinia. <laughs> like Detain was such a bad, bad mechanic. So I, uh, this, I, I, I don't really know what else this card... Is used for outside of like older formats right now. I can't think about anything either. Yeah,
1: we don't need to go that old. Like in modern, it's already doing things, right? Like, what does uh, it do like- in modern?
0: So in in modern, I think some of the big, the biggest, most obvious thing is it's very good against Tron. Uh, if you have this down and your opponent assembles Turn Three Tron, they can't just Karn you. They can still cast their creatures, but it does shut that down. It can be okay against Storm if your opponent's trying to like combo off with two lands. They can't cast Gifts Ungiven or whatever. So there's some, like, fringe potential there. I guess hollow one? Your opponent can't cast (laughs) free hollow ones? Uh, So there are some things that uh, that it does in Modern. And then I think it just gets even better once you get to, like, Legacy with Lion's Eye Diamonds and Force of Wills. I also think this card, it's really weird to me that it's not symmetrical. Uh It feels like a card that traditionally would have uh, affected each player instead of just opponents. So I think it's a little strange that, like, in Legacy, if you're playing a Force of Will mirror, it's kind of like whoever gets this first is the winner of the Force of Will battle to some extent. Uh, unlike something like Gaddictig, which this card is a little bit reminiscent of, but Gadak Teague uh, affects everybody, so you you can't Force of Will if you ever your Teague out. Linvala is just hating on your opponent, which I think makes it a little more powerful, and is is kind of interesting, that shift in design there. Yeah,
1: it, it just hits so many things in older formats, like dig through times, mana dorks, like, your mana dorks can't cast non-creature spells now, and I think they just made it blue to balance it. Like, if this was mono-white, uh, this would be, like, everywhere and they just randomly threw blue in and the only blue part of the spell is the second clause that says counter a spell, but it could have easily said each opponent can't cast, but for now they can cast it, you just counter it and that makes it blue. So that's a little weird, but oh, this is so hateful and it's it's Watsy's cleanup of fast mana. We all know fast mana was like the most broken thing ever through Black Lotus, Dredge, Phyrexian mana, uh, or not Dredge. What's what's the task of your mechanic? Delve. Delve. Right? Like, all of these mechanics, yeah. like, they, they tried to make new mechanics, and they're like, okay, we'll just cheat on resources, and then, like, everything went to crap. And now, Lavinia says no. <laughs> right? You must have the same number of lands as the spells you're trying to cast. So, I, I expect this to see play in older formats. It might just randomly hurt things. Like, the mana dork clause is a big deal. Uh, commander, this will cause problems. Like, if you turn one birds and then try to turn two cultivate or something, Lavinia says no. So this will be interesting. This will be interesting. And it's Azorius. It's a weird combination. If this was Selesnya or Mono White, it would be a lot stronger.
0: I don't think... Uh, the colors don't really bother me. Like, Metaling Mage is... It reminds me of Metaling Mage. Like, a, yeah. a twist on Metaling Mage. But Meddling Mage is a blue-white card. And last time we were in Ravnica, what was the really... The really bad one, Council of something. It was like a four mana thing that kept the two four from casting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I don't think anyone ever played it, but it was similar, where it keeps your opponent from casting things. So I kind of see this in the tradition of some of the past cards we've seen from the Azorius Guild. So the the colors don't really bother me, uh, but I do think it's a pretty powerful card.
2: Yeah, the yeah. flavor on it definitely ma- uh, makes sense with the Azorius stuff. Well, from like, I know, sets. I know,
1: Vince is giddy somewhere <laughs> <laughs> as he reads this. Uh, mm. Alright, next card. Light up the stage. a Red, it's a sorcery. It has Spectacle Red, and what Spectacle is is you may cast the spell for the Spectacle cost rather than its mana cost if an opponent lost life this turn. Okay, so it's, it's like raid or something where you actually have to do something and damage your opponent. Uh, before you get to activate the cheaper cost, usually. Uh, And then this particular card, exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your turn, you may play those cards.
0: Card's really good. This card, I think, the we saw this card, like, a few days ago, it leaked out, and we didn't know what Spectacle was, and my take at the time was, if it's pretty easy to cast it for one mana, it's really powerful, and it's pretty easy to cast it for one mana. Like, if you're an aggro deck, a burn deck, it's not that hard to damage your opponent. And then, the really interesting part of this card is how it's worded, it says, until the end of your next turn. So if you cast this during your main phase... Those cards sit in exile. If they're instants, you can cast them during your opponent's turn. If not, you can cast them during your next turn after you untap all your mana. So uh, I think this card is pretty, pretty powerful for aggro decks or for decks even like Burn in older formats. I think there's a chance that it shows up there. A draw two for one mana is just pretty good.
2: Yeah, the last thing Burn needs is a way to draw more cards.
1: Is this an auto in, like, Modern Burn?
2: (sighs) I don't... I don't think so. It it seems good, but, like, if it were to go in anywhere in Modern, I think it would go into Burn.
0: Yeah, I think... uh, I think that's the most obvious choice, and I'm not really sure if it's worth it or not, it's it seems pretty close. Like, you can always cast it for one mana and burn. The only downside I guess is, maybe there's a scenario where you're, like, empty-handed and you top-deck this with two lands because burn runs pretty light on lands intentionally, and you can't cast it and if it was, like, another Boros charm or something, you would've just won the game, but... Drawing two for one might be enough upside to see it show up in Modern Burn. And mm-hmm. in Standard, Rakdos looks pretty pushed as far as being aggro. Like from, from what we've seen so far and what we know of Rakdos, it's a pretty aggressive guild. So I think that's where it might show up. Or even like the mono red decks we see in Standard, those decks are really good at dealing damage. So just a, a draw two for one mana, I think it can definitely show up in a deck like that.
1: Yeah. And important to note, Spectacle is a loss of life. So if your opponent cracks a fetch during your main phase for some reason that turns on spectacle (laughs) uh if you're playing edh and one of your other opponents decides to i don't know lightning bolts you know an opponent it turns on your spectacle so it it, you don't have to do the damage yourself loss of life counts yeah next card we have aractos firewheeler uh, black, black, red, red. So it's 4CMC. It's a 4-3 human rogue. When it enters a battlefield, it deals 2 damage to target opponent and 2 damage up to 1 target creature or planeswalker. That card seems sweet. It's yeah, 4 damage.
2: Be- yeah. Backwards seems real sweet.
0: <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it's it's similar to like a, a searing blood, I guess, is the easiest comparison, except you're getting a very on curve body. A 4 3 for 4 is already a pretty good deal. Uh, in standard, it's a little awkward where you have like Ravenous Chupacabra also in the 4 drop slot, but I think if you're an aggro deck, having a Pretty powerful body, bigger than a chupacabra body. That also just shocks your opponent's face when it enters the battlefield. It seems like a pretty good top end for some sort of Ractos aggro deck to me.
1: Yeah, this this casting cost though, it is it is so. So when I saw this, I'm like Siege Rhino, but it's only a four three, and its bolt is like in random direction. It's 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 like splitting targets, and you don't gain life. So not Siege Rhino, but it is only an uncommon and uh, only two colors.
0: So. I think I would have been more skeptical of this card before seeing how Guilds of Ravnica played out. Cause when, when we first saw Guilds of Ravnica and saw like Niv Mizzet, saw Crackling Drake, uh, Golgari Finebroker, I saw those cards and I thought, okay, they're powerful. But that mana cost is going to make them really hard to play. But we've been in a standard where Crackling Drake is one of the the key cards in the format. Niv-Mizzet is one of the best top-end threats. Golgari Finebroker, very heavily played in Golgari decks. So the mana cost doesn't scare me nearly as much now as it did back before we saw how the Guilds of Ravnica members of the cycle played out.
2: Definitely, but those especially...
0: cards win you
1: the game. This card yeah. just gives you incremental value. Is it worth the mana?
0: <laughs> I mean... Mind broker just is like an eternal witness. It's pretty incremental value.
1: True, true. But the other two win you the game. I I don't know. This one's a little tough. Krim, what do you think? Do you think it's worth this this quasi? I don't know what this is. What what is a card that does this effect? We don't have a card that does this, right?
2: Not not one that like also hits a like a planeswalker, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's the <laughs> I mean- new te- it's the new rules that they have to tempt it like this, right? Because previously you could just redirect the opponent damage to a planeswalker, but now now it's
0: this i mean it's like a searing blaze or searing blood is what it basically on a body (laughs) but the effect is pretty similar
2: (laughs) i don't know i think we're also gonna have all the now that we'll have like the access to all the other shock lands i'm also not concerned about the mana cost all right next up we have good
0: oh yeah growth spiral very
1: good growth spiral yes green (laughs) and a blue it's an instant draw a card, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield.
0: I mean, it's, it's instant speed explore, essentially. Like, it's, it's very much explore, but at instant speed. And explore shows up in modern sometimes. It was very good in standard back when it last time it yeah. was in standard. And you get the upside that you can just kind of cycle like leave up counter magic and cycle it at the end of your opponent's turn which probably makes it better than explore assuming you have the right colors of mana
2: the fact that this is instant it's great this is probably like my favorite card that's been spoiled so far uh i mean i just like the idea of being able to like ramp and like it's already just a way to draw right and then it's on it's a two mana it's instant speed I i love the fact that it's instant that That's probably my favorite part. Yeah, it will, it will, the land will never
1: come down instant speed. Although I dream of this scenario because we've had like a command, like things like this. And I've never seen anyone drop a land in at instant speed, but I can imagine a scenario where you're like, okay, they're off primeval titan mana or something let me tap out and play my planeswalker and you're like aha surprise ramp and then you <laughs> drop a land on on their turn and then your turn you drop the last land you need and then drop your bomb uh so that's the dream scenario but most of the time you're probably just going to cycle this thing you probably don't have enough lands in your hand i don't know but i've never seen anyone drop a land in
2: off of a tarkus command like ever i, th- I think it'll make a difference <laughs> here the putting a land into play <laughs> like this time around in those colors looks like it's going to be pretty- Pretty sweet. Like, it's also
0: th- worth mentioning it does come into play on tap. So, yeah, I mean, Ooh. I guess that's also similar to Explore, but it kind of makes it cost one mana because you get one mana back right away if you do have the extra land. That's
1: that's pretty good. What if you drop into two mana land? <laughs> then <That> it's free <laughs>
0: with a, with a amulet on the battlefield, untap it, and then you just primeval titan and win. Oh my god, please, no, no, not that deck again. <laughs>
1: uh, last promo is actually a reprint. We have Mortify. So one white and a black, destroy target creature or enchantment. Yeah, Mortify's back.
0: It's, I'm happy to see it back. We we had original Ravnica, Putrefy, and Mortify. Then when we returned to Ravnica, we had Putrefy but not Mortify. So I think it's Mortify's time mortify is due for a reprint in standard i'm just happy i can destroy
2: an enchantment so
0: (laughs) get rid of those search for his contos.
2: yep and then experimental frenzies and that's a yeah we have assassin's trophy it can destroy everything okay Okay. well that that would require us to play (laughs) that
1: but now we have perfect mana with the rest of the shocks come on get your story screen that's true
2: (laughs) except for ramping our opponent up (laughs) that always feels good in standard
1: all right. Here's my favorite card. My favorite card of the eight cards, actually ten cards we've seen. <laughs> the Haunt of High Tower. Four black, black. It's a legendary creature, vampire, flying life link. When the Haunt of High Tower attacks, defending player discards a card. When a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one plus one counter on the Haunt of High Tower. It's a three
0: three. I I gotta say, Richard. It is hilarious to see your magic transformation over the time that we've been doing the podcast. You have went from, like, the the spiky legacy player to the filthiest casual commander player over the the past 200 episodes. (laughs) But it gets so big, Seth. (laughs) It, it seems like a sweet commander. It does. It's, it's like Vulturous Zombie, the Golgari flyer that has the same mechanic, except if you play it as your commander, which is pretty sweet. It can get really big pretty fast, really fast. <laughs> like if you just like, wait, does Darkfield discard? discard
2: is good at all?
1: <laughs> what you're, you're you'll see the power of it on Commander Clash. Hold on, hold on. I, can we,
0: I definitely agree with Krim as far as standard, though. I think this card is uh, stone unplayable in standard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Seriously. we know it's
1: unplayable in standard, okay? It's a 6-mana 3-3 three three that does nothing. <laughs> yes, we get that. But in Commander, you play the HOD of High Tower. It's your commander, by the way. It's always available. You dark deal, and then you just one-shot someone. And you gain life out of the deal. Look at that. It has evasion, too. It's so good.
0: It seems... It seems like the perfect commander for the mono black mill deck.
1: Yep, yep. That this was the this was the piece that was missing. This uh, this one right here. Yeah, the, the pro- if you want to build vampires, probably better to go Mardu and do Edgar Markov, but Han of high tower mono black mill. Mark my words.
2: Mono black
1: mill's <laughs> taken off next year. It's going to be so big and it flies. It has lifelink. All right. No, no, no more casual talk. Let's go. Simic Ascendancy. (laughs) Green, blue, enchantment. You can pay one green and a blue, so it has an activated ability. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. When one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a creature you control, put that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 20 or more growth counters on Simic Ascendancy, you win the game. (laughs)
0: This is a uh, this is my kind of card. I love winning the game in these type of ways.
2: <laughs> There's got to be some I... kind of auto win card in, this, in every. <laughs> this card yeah. is so weird. Like not, it, I I think it's going to be bad, but it's going to be definitely fun to play with.
0: I I think that's probably that's probably about right. I don't think it'll actually be competitive, although there are some interesting ways to add counters in Standard. Like, the most obvious home in Standard is something like Merfolk, where you have, uh, Kumana which can just put a counter on your entire team by tapping a bunch of Merfolk. So, you can get to 20 counters pretty quickly. Plus, you have, like, Jade Light Ranger, Deep Root Elite. There's a lot of plus one, plus one counters synergies. is that the right way to build merfolk Eh, probably not but it's a really fun way to build merfolk yeah (laughs) plus this suggests that we're probably getting a plus one plus one counter theme for simic which is kind of traditional so maybe we'll get some other sweet counter cards to work with it but it definitely feels like an against the odds card where you're trying to like achieve this cool win condition you're not necessarily trying to win a grand prix if you put simic ascendancy in your deck
2: i mean yeah. uh, we at least hadana's climb will have some more cards to be (laughs) like to play with
0: The problem
1: is it needs a combo piece because otherwise it's, like, the ultimate win-more cards. If you manage to put 20 plus one plus one counters on your creatures and you haven't won the game, like, I don't know what this (laughs) is. Like, like, I don't know. Your opponent has an ensnaring bridge or something in standard because I don't know why you haven't won yet, right? So it's a (laughs) win-more card unless there is some, you know, two-card combo that you can just dump counters, right? I guess, like, walking ballista-type cards, like, if you can get 20... Counters on a single card. Uh
0: oh!
2: Five oh, color no. and you play the 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 artifact from the, the pseudo-walking ballista.
0: The really have, like, bad one. Shalai, voice of plenty, puts counters on everything. Like I don't think it's impossible to build around. I do think this is probably another card that's sweeter in Commander. There's a couple of Commanders that work really well with it. Uh, Jannara, Asura of War. You can just pay one and a white and put a counter on it. So if you can make infinite mana, you can just uh, add counters a whole bunch of times and get up to 20 counters really quickly. So, and plus one, plus one counter themes are pretty popular in Commander. So I think maybe that's where this card will see the most play, outside of, like, against the odds decks in Standard. Th- All right, this help me break
1: Commander, guys. We have Simic Ascendancy on the battlefield We have a doubling season And I play Dark Depths What is (laughs) What is a way to make Dark Depths A creature so that this just instantly triggers (laughs) Or instant Well I guess it has to be the beginning of next upkeep Unless I can drop the land at instant speed With Growth Spiral
0: the other problem is remember it's one or more counters so if you can uh, so putting 20 counters on one oh, creature oh no, it's you only one, one counter. counter so you actually <laughs> this, this card is garbage off, no, you're no. better <laughs> off going wide it's, like if you have a nissa that puts a counter on a whole bunch of tokens then you'd get like 10 counters because you get one for each creature so but what you're saying season actually doesn't work with it very
1: well it's like avenger zendikar otto with simic <laughs> ascendancy then
0: Yes, yes. That's the direction you want to go with Simic San- uh, ascendancy. If you play if you play Avenger and then play a Fetchland and double trigger twice, that probably gets you to 20 counters. Then you just like take an extra turn and win.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted dark
2: Depths, but this is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Avenger of Zendikar is coming back. <laughs> back on the map. All right.
1: Rick's mighty reveler one in a red. Human Shaman, it's a 2-2. Spectacle, 2 black and a red. When Rick's Maddie Reveler enters the battlefield, discard a card, then draw a card. If Spectacle was paid, instead discard your hand, then draw three cards.
0: This is this is uh, the kind of 2-drop that I like. This is one of those 2-drops that... It's fine on turn two. You're not excited about a 2-2-for-2, two, two two, but a 2-2-for-2 two, two two is relatively on curve, plus the looting is often beneficial, or, like, rummaging, reverse looting. But then... You get to the late game, you've kind of dumped your entire hand in your aggro deck, you attack or throw a lightning strike or something at your opponent, then you basically get, like, a Bedlam Reveler. You get the, get the similar effect for four mana, and Bedlam Reveler is a card that's uh, very strong in Modern, and this doesn't require the build-around aspect. You just want to be aggro so you can dump your hand quickly, but it seems pretty easy to get this to a point where, like, on turn four, on turn five in a Rakdos aggro deck, you're just casting it and drawing three cards off of your tutu, which is really strong. I
2: this this card seems like yeah, it, like it, it can be really powerful. I I just I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't look that good to me. <laughs> this it, it I understand what you're you're getting at though with the uh, the card itself, but it just looks kind of soft to me. <laughs> yeah, it, you have to play it at the
1: perfect moment because when you're out of gas, it's probably hard to trigger spectacle it's probably yeah. hard to hit your opponent when you're out of gas which is when you need the spectacle to come online uh but if you manage like curve out perfectly and you know you still have creatures and stuff and then you, you manage to refill your hand then it could be okay and your but, opponent hasn't interacted <laughs> yeah yeah, your opponent hasn't interacted but two mana two two and <laughs> eh. Eh. We'll, we'll see what 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 rakdos has but four four drop slot is pretty strong nowadays this doesn't really seem to be that crazy but
0: it's a it's a two drop it's a two drop remember that <laughs> no, it's definitely like when yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. meta. laughs> it, like you
1: play oh what's uh like Abbot of carol keep on turn two and yeah. you're like uh, i don't want to do this but i'm gonna do this anyway it's like snapcaster on turn two you're like why am i doing this <laughs> right like you never want to <laughs> play this on turn two
0: uh, all right fair fair enough
1: all right rafter demon 2 black and a red, it's a 4-2 it's a demon, common demon spectacle, 3 black, red when Raptor Demon enters the battlefield if its spectacle cost was paid, each opponent discards a card. Unplayable yeah <laughs> is this like
0: the
2: first demon that ha- doesn't fly?
0: Uh, no no. no. go have, back have to Kamagawa have...
2: Seizo <laughs> sh- sh- uh, or Seizo the one that uh, I played in the model oh, Black wait. episode that's a demon? I didn't know that yeah, it's a demon they're... spirit
0: there's a lot of really bad non flying demons in Kamigawa block.
1: Have there been any recent non flying demons?
0: Uh, that that might not be like I think most demons, especially modern ones, do fly. They're... How
2: recent is Soul Cage Fiend?
0: Oh, Evason restored, I think. So oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's fairly right. that's fairly recent. So there are some non flying demons. I mean, this card. It's probably fine in in limited. Uh, a four, two for four that you can spectacle no. <laughs> from some extra advantage. It, it could be like uh. a filler in your Rakdos stack. In it, standard, though, there's no... It dies to shock. Your four <laughs> drop that dies to shock. You do not want that in standard.
1: It dies to shock in limited two sets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's,
0: that's All right.
1: True. Last card. Last card. Eight yes. Colossus. Woo! Eight mana. It's an eight, eight. It's a All construct. This spell costs one less for each gate you control. Gate Colossus can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. When a gate enters the battlefield under your control, you may put Gate Colossus from your graveyard on top of your library.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it minimizes the downside of all your lands coming into play tap because you get that one mana discount, so combo, I guess?
2: (laughs) Uh Maze's End has a win condition again. (laughs) It's it's so resilient. You kill it once, and then just play another gate, and it comes back on top. Yeah, I can see a, like a, like it happening where you accidentally lock like lock yourself out of a draw because you're putting this back on top, and you've it's got a bunch of taps. <laughs> we,
0: we need a a card that untaps gates, and then and then maybe we can get there. Like that's always been the problem reprints. with the gate. Deck. So amulet, no, yeah, amulet yeah, reprint, re-print coming like up. That. <laughs> your deck is just so slow if you build around gates so you need like to get eight gates you're probably dead by the time you play that many <laughs> tap lands and try to gate glosses it's just not it's not a practical plan really
1: what if it's like an amulet on like a bear that only affects gates that's like I a two was... mana two two and then when you put a gate into play you can untap it
0: that would that would be sweet i i think that would be fun i think people love the gate archetype. All the way back to Maze's end, it's a fan favorite, and we got a little bit of support in Guilds of Ravnica, so it would be sweet if they pushed it enough that you could at least build a like a somewhat competitive casual deck out of gates, uh, but I don't think we're there yet. Just Gate Colossus and, what is there, like a some big flyer the, from Guilds of Ravnica that benefits from gates, uh, the, the blue, blue enchantment that draws you cards, but we need more to really make a semi-competitive gate deck, I think. there but needs to would be an auto-win. <laughs> <laughs> if it was
1: competitive, would it really be fun? If it was competitive,
0: <laughs> I mean, it would be. Uh, people love mazes and that is a, because a, it's so a janky,
1: people... though, right? <laughs> That's the whole point. It's like, ha, I got you. I finally did it.
2: <laughs> that like mazes End was was terrifying. I played blue white in that format, so I just boarded in anything that had attack power. I don't know, like <laughs> <laughs> lifebane zombie, sure, whatever, give me that. <laughs>
0: do you think there's any chance they just reprint mazes end like is that a possibility or is it too off flavor that's the main thing i've heard people say is like there's no maze or something anymore i I don't keep up on that aspect enough
2: i'm not too sure because like like lore wise but i mean i would like to just see it for the fun of it i I would like to see another
1: version of it like a a i win the game card based on gates but not necessarily mazes end
2: they could just juice it up with the, uh, gates on on board and in the graveyard, and then and whoa, then it becomes real whoa, competitive. Whoa, whoa. But I'm that, also that would... not R and D for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that would be that would be sweet. <laughs> all right, so that's all our guilds. Nope, nope, wrong wrong set. That's all of our Ravnica <laughs> Allegiance spoilers so far. So they're releasing spoilers uh, every day this week so they're going to go through all the mechanics uh, and everything so next week i guess we're going to get the rest of the mechanics to talk about
0: yeah we should have we should have the slow trickle of mechanics for the rest of the week and then my guess is we kind of get like a week off over the holidays and then we'll start full spoiler season january 2nd it's been announced and then i mean pre-release is the 17th which means or no 19th. So essentially a month from today will be the pre-release for the set. So we're we're almost there. It's not too yeah. long. I gotta say, before we move on to our other topics, I'm pretty impressed that we're a week away from, or a month away from a set release. We're entering a week away from spoiler season for a new set, and Standard is still pretty decent right now. Like, it's yeah. been a while since we've made it through two or three months of a Standard format without it getting really boring and solved. so good job Wizards uh, with with our current Standard format. Anyway, uh, let's move on. We had a couple of other topics that we wanted to hit quickly before getting to Fishmail. And the first one, I wanted to have Krim on because we were talking about this a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, some Magic Arena changes. So uh, there was yep. a whole bunch of stuff that happened on Arena. They had this big Rank 1.0 update. But the couple of things that I mostly wanted to talk about was number one, uh they are supporting ranked play only for best of one mode. So if you want to uh, climb rank, theoretically qualify for stuff which will probably be attached to rank, that's only for best of one and also uh, limited and constructed the other topic was they they tried again to get rid of individual card rewards it seems like every like few months <laughs> they they give it a shot and then every, everyone freaks out and they back off but they they once again tried and failed to get rid of individual card rewards so Krim, uh, what do you think about these changes you play a lot of arena you do the arena series on the youtube channel which a uh, little bit of uh, hype you should check it out if you haven't seen <laughs> the free to play fish series or 50 fish but Krim, what are your thoughts on these changes
2: uh personally i thought so i've been like consistently i've just been sitting and grinding the best of one ladder um and and i'm not gonna lie to you the the best of one grind feels kind of (laughs) bad i'm not i'm not a huge fan of best of one i really do like Best of three, but the, the, like, there's pros and cons of just only doing best of one right now for ranked play. Uh, and I really like that you see random cards. Like, I play on Mordigo in the main deck and like, there's a lot of like random deck building and stuff like that. But the thing here is you can lose a lot of games. Like, everyone is just trying to like aggro you out with like mono white immediately and mono red. That's what it is on the ladder. Um, and I, I've only gotten up to platinum so far and it's, it just feels weird not sideboarding there's like an element of magic that's missing from that this is of course just a different format right you can just look at it as a different format and that makes it a little bit easier but i don't know how i feel if they if this is where to qualify for anything um i don't know if i like qualifying through best of one yeah that's uh, it's, it's like that, that best mostly. of one is
0: an option but i'm not I'm not a big fan of having it be the competitive mode. And even if Wizards wants it to be the competitive mode, I think the part that bothers me more is uh, that they've completely just shut down not shut down in the sense that you can't play it, but uh, not allowed you to have best of three be ranked at all. Uh, So I think that's weird. I would have been okay with them having both options being ranked or just best of three being ranked, but having only best of one be ranked, that just is such a big change compared to how everyone has played Magic for the past 25 years. That's a really seismic shift in the way the game is played.
2: Yeah. Like, just not having the ability... Like, also because, you know, it helps sometimes, you know, you get bad variants, In magic, and it's like nice to know. Like, when I'm trying to qualify for something, I have a shot in like the next game, right? Like, if I don't draw any lands this game and I sit on two or three lands, I have a shot in game two or something like
0: that. Yeah, there's always, always another game around the corner, which uh, I'm kind of the same way. For me, if I get mana screwed in a best of one match, it's way more painful than if you get mana screwed in a best of three match because you always know like, okay, I can win the next two. That's fine. That's magic. That's, that's just how the game happens. But it's really brutal when you lose an entire match and then sometimes like an entire tournament based on that one game uh, of mana screw. What do you think, Richard? What's your take on on this best-of-one thing?
1: Alright, so from the filthiest of casuals, here's my (laughs) perspective, guys. I like best-of-one. I think this is where Magic will be going for a multitude of reasons. So I, I, I think sitting down and playing Magic for 30 minutes is, like, gone. Right. Nowadays we don't do that anymore. We sit on the bus for five minutes. We want to get in a quick game of magic. You know, we sit on the toilet. Want to get a quick game <laughs> of magic in? Right. Like you're sitting at the <laughs> restaurant. You want to get a quick game of magic in. So games have moved away from that. Right. And I I don't know. Right. Like when when we talk about competitive play. Right. Uh, you're, they're never gonna make like the world championship come down to just a single game. Right. So if they keep going best of one, it's gonna be something weird like. Uh, how we got our champion this year where you play multiple decks and play multiple best of ones effectively making it a best of seven but without sideboards but it says sideboards you have different decks or if it's ladder related it's not going to be a single ladder game that determines your fate it's going to be grind your way into challenger or mythic tier or whatever they're going to make like top 100, top 200 to qualify for uh, the mythic championship so you're going to play like, literally hundreds of best of ones to get there. So, yes, while you may get screwed against one mana, uh, get mana screwed against one opponent, uh, in the long run, it'll be kind of the same. And, I don't know, I kind of just like best of one. Like, I, I just don't like tying up all of my time playing magic. Like, the, the worst thing, if you think way back to Magic Online, and we used to have events instead of leagues where you actually had to book like a four-hour time slot to like play some magic right then they moved to league so you can play any match at any time so now you're like 30 minutes I can probably finish this match right maybe it'll take an hour if we do a control mirror uh, but it's a shorter amount of time but now with the best of one you're like five minutes all right this is probably gonna end in some reasonable amount of time so I, I do like that fast pace and I think most casual players will like that too, because that's what we're used to in games nowadays, right? Like, we don't sit down and like I, you can't even sit down and game for four hours on your phone. It's gonna run out of battery, right? You got like ten <laughs> minutes, and then you gotta that's charge. What battery again. packs
2: are for Richard. Come on now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then my I, also, phone becomes too hot. I can't hold it anymore.
0: <laughs> also, it's remember free like, heater in the winter. <laughs> right now you can only play arena on on your computer like there is it's not like you can sit on the toilet and play arena i guess you can carry around your laptop <laughs> yeah. with you but it's not like you just pull out your phone or your tablet or whatever but
1: that's where they're going that's where they're going and i think it's pretty interesting because artifact just released and artifact is like the exact opposite of this it's one game and that game goes on forever right yep. and, but the game time of it is basically like a best of three right so that's how it reduces variance the game is just longer uh but it's slower pace. you gotta sit down you gotta clear out some time so it reduces variance like that magic tabletop magic reduces it with best of threes and sideboards and things like that and i assume arena is gonna do something like seven best of ones and you gotta bring unique decks and that makes it look more diverse and that sells more cards, and I think that's what Wizards wants. So I think they're gonna do, uh, kind of like you know, t- team unified, but you're the only one on your team, right? And you gotta bring seven decks,
0: right? Like something like that. <laughs> so, 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 Krim, so, I got a question for you. Since you've played more more best of ones than I have, because traditionally I just didn't really enjoy best of one. I guess maybe I'm just. Uh, stuck in my ways and I like I'm used to best of three but you've played more than I have how big of a deal is the die roll because that's one thing that is uh, very concerning to me and my perception of best of one is if you win the die roll you're a a very heavy favorite and in best of threes it's kind of somewhat evened out by having three games decide the match have you run into that at all like is it a huge deal to win the die roll in a best of one match
2: against aggro yes like seriously like the the fact that you can go to tur- like they, the the mono white deck is able to flip adanto's landing or what uh yeah no, legion's landing sorry if they're able to flip like legion's landing and you're on they're on the play they get to do all these things and you're so far behind like golden demise like ritual of soot doesn't even feel like it's good enough sometimes like <laughs> especially like when they get to the, when like on the turn you're about to play the soot they go ahead and play like adanto vanguard and that, and like after the board wipe, usually you're just at about, a, about a, a health total where Adanto will just close out the game. So Golden Demise is, is kind of like an all time high for me right now. I've, I've gone ahead and made two different decks. Like I have a Grixis deck that is heavily geared towards like beating aggro and, and I've had to make like two and then a one that's just geared towards beating control. So like cause, cause then some, sometimes you really just need a Golden Demise and being on the draw just, Sometimes it's just not enough. Like you really do need it against the red deck.
1: So is it time for a coin, or I guess a lotus petal in Magic, in Magic terms? Well, not a lotus petal. (laughs) Hearthstone recognized this, right? And they said, "If you're not going first, you get a coin, and you get you know a power boost for one turn to make up for going second, right?" And you know Hearthstone is best of one, obviously. So is it time for a Magic coin? To offset that because i i do think going first you know is a big advantage and you know big in quotes i don't know what it is but it's going to be some advantage and that's something you can't control right so when the game starts you're already at an advantage or disadvantage based on nothing which people don't really like
2: yeah. so coin time or i think the coin can be abused though <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the coin is very powerful in magic well, so, you play
1: Lavinia to to turn off that coin. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: wow. <laughs>
0: I, I will say, I watched the live stream they did last week where they were talking about these changes, and one of the things that Chris uh, said was... They were looking at other changes they could make to reduce the variance and make the best of one mode more competitive. So I don't know if it'll be a coin, but I would not be at all surprised to see them have some sort of rule change to try to account for how much variance is tied to the die roll and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: And the, the other problem is the difference between tabletop and arena. So in arena, they give you, they, they take they, they take two hands and they give you the one that, more matches your mana curve to reduce this variance right so your mall to four is less likely to happen in a best of one uh yeah. in a best of three you would just lose that game and hope to win the next two right yeah in paper if everyone's trying to emulate their favorite best of one deck you can't really do that right so there's there's gonna be this weird difference which i don't know that they they want right but there there's some things you just can't replicate on tabletop And this two hands thing is one of the things that best of one has that we can't do in paper.
0: Yeah, it's, I wonder how much of a barrier that puts from people moving from arena into paper magic or magic online, if that's a thing. But how, uh, because in some sense it's, especially if they make more rules changes, you're getting to the point where it's kind of its own Game like in some sense it's it's not standard. It's like uh, Commander, or some other set of magic where it has its own rules and doesn't necessarily uh, necessarily apply to other forms of magic. And I don't know if that's a good thing because and maybe that's still just me being stuck in the past. Where with Magic Online, one of the big ideas was. Uh, people could easily move back and forth and Magic Online was supposed to be an exact replication of the paper game. It's starting to look like Arena is going to be similar to Magic, but you're not going to be able to just take your the same way you play on Arena and just go to your FNM and play that way or go to a GP and play that way. And I don't know if that's a good thing.
1: I think it's a good thing. I think Magic needs to change. I mean, it's a great game, but like society and culture and Entertainment and all these things change. It's, I think it's not fair to expect magic to remain the same because if it, you know, like if you go back and play games from your childhood, if you actually just strip away the nostalgia for a second, these games are like terrible, right? Like seriously, you know, game, like people, like we didn't <laughs> understand how to make games entertaining. Have you held a Nintendo controller? That just like cuts into your hands now, right? Like we didn't understand ergonomics. We didn't that understand N64. anything. <laughs> So, you know, over time, we've gotten better, right? And we we have evolved our entertainment. So I think magic needs to evolve as well. And maybe Magic Arena is where it's at, right? Like, we don't, we send email now. We don't, we don't send letters in the mail. Like, you know, we don't correspond and write letters like we used to. Uh, but that doesn't mean the mail service has gone out of business. Mail is still used for many things, but most people use text message. I am. Email, things like that, right? So maybe that's where magic is going. There's always a home for tabletop magic, but, you know, most people play arena now. I, I don't know. Eh,
0: maybe. Do you, do I you mean, still write letters, Seth? <laughs> I, well, I mean, the other side of that is magic has survived 25 years by being a really great game. Like that's the reason why it survived when pretty much all the other games have come and went during that time. I guess like Yu-Gi-Oh is still around and, but those games tend to come and go and they do that in digital form even faster. Like it was a year ago that Hex was the craze of magic players and now Hex has no money and is apparently like going to be shutting down or uh, something along those lines. So I guess my concern would be uh, kind of like how, how we listen to music on like albums, uh, record albums, then kissing set tapes were like the new sweet thing or eight tracks or whatever. And then you had CDs and oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. But now no one listens to CDs. You just, you know, fire up Spotify or iTunes or whatever you use. So I think there's some risks by making your product, arguably worse, that you're killing the thing that made Magic be able to survive for 25 years. Like, does Magic become another one of these games that sure shoots up really high in the Twitch rankings, but then a couple years from now, people are like, man, this best uh, one thing, it's just not fun, the format's not great, it's not like it used to be, and then Magic suffers as a whole because of that. I think that's the other side of it, and I don't know what'll happen, but I think there's some risk in changing the way people have fundamentally played Magic for 25 years and, like, has made the game successful and survived for 25 years.
1: Yep. that that is a risk. I mean, yeah. (laughs) We're we're about to find out.
0: (laughs) We're about to find out if
1: it pays off.
2: I mean, people don't even want lands anymore. A lot of people just say they just want lands removed as a whole. Like, because, I mean, like, they they hate the the fact that you need, like, you can get mana screwed or you can get flooded. Like, it's just, like, not fun magic when that happens.
1: I mean, they remove land destruction.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> what what next? Uh, for shame, for shame. Well, the other thing we want to mention quickly, and then we got to hit some fish mail. Uh, any other thoughts on Arena before we move on? Uh, last last chance on Arena stuff.
2: Um, yeah, once again, just like, I think Vesta 1, though, like, has its problems. As I said, it, it comes with the some cool things, which is mostly deck building. Now when you take into account of def- deck building, you don't have 75 cards, you have 60 Unless, of course, you want to go up to seventy-five. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, I I think that that has forced a very interesting way for me to like build my whole like competitive uh, deck. Um, and I think yeah. that's that's pretty cool. I I think that is actually very cool. Like it, like, there's cards that wouldn't normally see play that do now.
0: And I think yeah. like some of it's going to be long term to see how this. Right now, this is very new. There's not really people uh pro-level people that are trying to break best-of-one format. so I think we'll know a lot more over the next year or so, as we actually have high EV arena tournaments and people trying to break the format. See how healthy Magic and the metagame can be with this style of play, and uh, I think only time will tell to some extent.
1: Yeah, And I want to sneak this in. Uh, so they, they tried to change the individual card rewards, they tried to remove them, uh, replace it with more gold, people freaked out they rolled back on it and i think one of the biggest takeaways from your article seth was that wizards can't be doing this anymore they claim it's a beta but it's not a beta it's a live game right people are sinking money into the game and it's permanent they can't even undo this and these games are feeding uh into people's careers right like the the whole esports thing twitch streamers like everything they can't kind of be willy-nilly walking around and making changes. Oh, we're listening to our customers this and we're listening to our customers that. Like, it's good that they're doing that, but their changes have consequences. So every time they make a change, they need to be like 100% sure this is the change they want because it's a live game. And if we do have multiple millions of people, Every time they push out a change, it affects everyone. So this is not a closed beta. This is not a test run at your local, you know, game store anymore. It's it's a big thing. So I I just don't want to see these changes flip flopping back and forth anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got a million dollar tournament in three months. So I think the the oh, we're a beta. We're just testing things out. That argument has uh, the time for that has passed. Uh, Arena is clearly with the esports announcement trying to put itself in the big leagues and. Uh, that means I gotta act like they're in the big leagues and be super careful with their communication with the changes that they're making and how they're doing these things. So I think uh, m- even more eyes are going to be on Arena. Where there was a, well, I mean, I guess this transitions to our last really quick topic before fishmail. There was an article on ESPN about Magic Arena and about the pro league. Like that's we're so cool. we're <laughs> a legit game now for the first we time in a long time. Like so, but but the point uh, to tie this back into what we were saying. That's a lot. Of, that's mainstream. That's a lot of people reading about the game. So every decision and communication from the arena team is gonna be magnified by $10 million in this huge prize pool and ESPN articles. So I think it's even more important that they are really careful with that stuff right now. Uh speaking of the ESPN article, really, really quick, and then we gotta get a fish mail. They announced the 32 players that are going to be in the Pro League for 2019. Essentially they just went by pro points. Uh 31 of the 32 were the top 32 pro point getters, and then there was also one player. A couple of players wouldn't accept the contract or couldn't accept the full-time streaming contract thing, uh, so we had one slip in. Uh, what did you think of that? Are you happy with the 32? Uh, secondarily we missed out on some big names. Like uh, LSV was not in the top 32. So he's technically not in this pro league, uh, hall of famers like Finkel, Kaibuda, uh, They are all set out in there. What do you think of, what do you think of the top 32 in the pro league for 2019?
2: I think it, yeah. it, it works. <laughs> the list works. Cause the, it's just the points, right? Like, I mean, these players probably have enough points and I mean, I love LSV. So, I mean, I'd obviously I'd love to see him on this list, but I, I think the, what they've got right now and how to like how they decided who the most of the 32 are works for me yeah what i realized
1: is there are a lot of magic pros like yeah. I, I went through the list there are a lot of people like you know them all i don't know how i'm going to follow 32 pros through this league so it's it'll be interesting to see how they break it down like are you going to have conferences and divisions or something Are you're going to have rivals like i don't know how they're going to weave these storylines so that you can follow something but there's just so many people so many countries in it and like crim said if it's just pro points like what is there to argue about and it's the first season uh after the season we're gonna see what the real qualifying looks like right and then we'll it'll it'll get into the normal group of things but you have to seed it somehow right it's like an expansion sports team or something like just the first year it's all weird and you just gotta let everything settle in and then it just follows the normal process otherwise
0: yeah I mean, I think it's hard to complain. I think there would have been many more complaints if it was like this silver showcase where they just kind of (laughs) picked popular people (laughs) from various games and put them in the pro league. I think that would have been more of a disaster. I think uh, the main question for me is, what happens to the rest of the pros? Like, half or something-ish of the Platinum pros were had enough pro points to be put in the pro league but then you got all the gold pros the silver pros so we haven't heard yet are these people still going to uh, be able to go to all the pro tours for example Uh, like golds were in the past so i think there's a big question of what happens to the next like 150 ish players that weren't quite good enough to make it into the pro league but based under the past system were good enough that they were showing up to uh, all the pro tours or qualified for all the pro tours so i think uh, that's what i'm waiting to see i think the next step but as far as the list itself uh, i don't think they really could have done it any other way than just uh, a strict cut by pl- uh, pro points
1: can you imagine the outrage if it was like half popular twitch streamers <laughs> Like oh, and ninja rounds out our like. Does he even know to play magic? I, I, know, I would like this. Views. I would watch that though. It would be funny, but <laughs> that would be that's the thing. Funny. It would totally work because I would watch it too. <laughs> Well, don't, don't, don't give Watsi any ideas here.
0: (laughs) We know, we know some of their tournaments, the big million dollar arena tournament tournament is an invitational. So I wouldn't be surprised if the top 32 is there, but some of the invites are going to Amaz and Kibblers and LSVs and like these, these big personalities, even though they are in the top 32. So I think we might still be seeing that even though they're not technically in the pro league.
1: My big question is, where do Hall of Famers slot into all of this? Because they kind of got their benefits cut here. Like, if we're not having Pro Tours anymore, they're not getting these free invites to Pro Tours. So what does being in the Hall of Fame get you besides reputation? So it'll be interesting if they get slotted into the arena tournaments or they're somehow slotted into the uh, the qualifiers somewhere or, or what, what they actually get for being uh, part of the Hall of Fame
0: yeah lots of questions still to come but we're slowly getting information and so far so good i think uh, as the information trickles out so anyway richard we're oh oh, go ahead grim sorry uh, i guess
2: the last thing about this would be uh the the cool thing about the announcement and everything going east like super esports for magic is to see players from uh, like professional players from other card games uh now trying to like get into the magic competitive scene so it that'll just make it so i, I want to see where those other players like other streamers and all these other competitors from other games stack up with like magic pros so i think that's really cool because i see like other like like people from like liquid um we're now wanting to play magic arena competitively and try to compete for the 10 million dollars
0: or whatever yeah, one gonna- yeah it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see how that shifts out and if it brings in some of those uh, high level players from other games because there's a legitimate prize pool now for the first time in a long time. So yeah. Uh, anyway, Richard, we're running a bit long, but guide us through as much fish mail as you can before we, uh, we run out of time today.
1: All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air. Now, lucky for us, Most of these questions have to do with Arena Best of Ones, the top 32 players. Uh, So we've talked about most questions that people have submitted, but there are some interesting ones here. Tovari Colgate, would Fatal Push be too strong in Popper? Who knows anything about Popper? Seth, you've been playing more Popper recently.
0: I do do play Popper. Would Fatal Push be too strong? Uh, Probably not. There's... (laughs) The spells used to be really good. You have stuff like snuff out and some pretty powerful, cheap removal spells. So I'm going to go with, with no. If you got lightning bolt, you got snuff out, you have these cheap, free counter spells. I think fatal push would be fine.
1: All right. M pen knock 010. If Obi-Wan Kenobi had an EDH deck, what would the commander be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you, this is you hard. woke up a little and I did not hear, I heard Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi commander.
1: who would your commander be for obi-wan kenobi
0: edh deck oh Mm. i have no idea krim
2: this is all you Gerard, because he kind of (laughs) looks like (laughs) what yeah Gerard. Uh,
1: first of all obi-wan can't have black in his mana cost this doesn't seem right (laughs) Hmm.
2: Uh, but but vision like no 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 hold on Oh, I guess yeah, because his ability. <laughs> I just I'm just thinking more of like ha- like how Obi Wan Kenobi looks at this point. Oh, you can't do art because different artists have different interpretations.
1: You got to go with the abilities and the, the flavor of it. <laughs> Come on, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> a good- wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold on, Krim. Are you a Harry Potter fan?
2: I mean, I've read enough of the books and I watched the movies. Yeah, sure. All right, DJ. Joan O'B has a follow-up from last week where someone asked
1: us, uh, what are the guilds for each each house in Harry Potter? What are what are your answers, Crib? Do you even have an answer? Because we had nothing.
2: This this is an easy one. Just like Slytherin is Demir. <laughs> okay, and, yes. And then Gryffindor, I would say. We'll get back to Gryffindor. Hufflepuff, <laughs> I think, is Simic. <laughs> Um, I, that, that, these are just my opinions and probably going to, <laughs> they may not be, uh, 100% uh, accurate to the houses, but yeah, like Hufflepuff, I think is like Simic. And then, um, Rakdos, I, there, there isn't a house for Rakdos. There I, a house for Rakdos. Yeah, the house of Rakdos yeah. is more like just Voldemort, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so, so Jono B says Gryffindor Green White. Uh, a lot of people I saw said Boros. Uh, in the comments last week, Ravenclaw, Azorius, Hufflepuff, five C jank. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hufflepuff is totally like simic. I think, uh, in my opinion, and and as we already said, Slytherin and Demir are one and the same. They're, like that, that is just too easy. <laughs> all right, all right. To top
1: things off here. This is a very popular thing So we have no culture here on the podcast Grimm. I don't know if you know this okay. Between me and Seth yeah. <laughs> Pop culture eludes us okay. uh, Seth famously No MCU, no DCU nothing.
2: <laughs> Is Wolverine a hero? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so we have a question here From a Various Human How many of the top 100 movies on IMDB Have we actually seen? So, 100 is a long. We'll, we'll do top 10, okay? And we're, we're gonna see. Shawshank Redemption. Seen it. Seen it. Seen it. Oh, wow, we're good. Godfather. Seen it. Seen it. All three. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh. I, I've seen it on TV in like bits and parts, but I've never actually seen like the full movies it's like so
2: through good. And through.
1: As an adult, <laughs> like as a child, I've seen like parts of it. Uh, Godfather Part 2 is number 3. Yep. Seen uh, it. Number 4, The Dark Knight.
2: Definitely seen it. Nope, seen it. A little overrated, Whoa. but definitely seen it. Oh, <laughs> hot take!
0: You didn't see the Dark Knight, Seth? No, I really don't why like I'm, DC. <laughs> why would I? Why would I have seen a Batman movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> why wouldn't you number wouldn't. five? Twelve Angry Men.
0: oh Twelve Angry Men is it is great. Yes. Have you seen it? Oh, I've seen it. I've never, yeah, multiple times. It's so good. I've never
2: even heard of this. it yeah, really? 1957. That one I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't have Vin Diesel, right? <laughs> I
0: think it, no, no. This is like from the 50s, I believe. <laughs> 50s or 60s. It's a, a, oh, it's we, a classic.
2: Crib, we gotta watch. I've never
1: even heard of this, but yes, apparently seriously. it's so classic. Okay, okay. <laughs> Number six, Schindler's List. Yep, seen it.
0: I've actually not seen it. Ooh, yeah, very I was, good movie. I would see very it, powerful I just movie. Haven't.
1: All right, seven. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King.
2: I don't seen like that him. entire franchise.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't really like Lord of Karil. the Rings either, but I've seen them all. <laughs> what? How do you sell them all of
2: that <laughs> and not a superhero movie? <laughs> Has anyone seen the
1: extended cut where it's like oh, eight million hours? Oh no,
2: dude, there's no way I want to sit through more of
1: that. Lord of the Rings, great. Uh, Hobbit, the book, great. Hobbit, the movies
2: terrible <laughs> well, it's like a like a three page book being turned into three movies
1: so. <laughs> uh number eight pulp fiction oh, oh that
2: yeah. is quentin tarantino
1: is just amazing yeah, so. one of my favorite movies yep uh nine the good the bad and the ugly yep uh, of course definitely yes. what i haven't i was forced uh, to 19, watch that in my film 1966 it's a, class. It's it's a little
0: long it. but it's a it's really good all
1: right uh f- number 10 last one on the list fight club Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we did pretty well. I mean, Seth saw most of the movies.
0: I like old movies. So I, I've seen a lot. I, I've actually intentionally tried to watch a lot of classic movies that are supposed to be the greatest movies of all time. So I do really enjoy them. I don't like. I like culture. I don't like pop culture. <laughs> so <laughs> What's I am the not the or any seen? of that stuff. Uh, but I, but I like I watch old movies. What is the most recent? Oh, oh no. that's a good one. Okay,
1: the most, the most recent in a movie theater. It has to be like full committal here. <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That made you get up and want to go see it.
0: Oh, jeez. I don't even know.
2: <laughs> what was the last time you've been to the movie
0: theater? Oh man, this is <laughs> okay. Like, so the last movie Jurassic I... Park, the original. <laughs> the last movie I saw in the theaters, and this wasn't. <sighs> My younger brother really likes basketball and also YouTube, and I took him to Uncle see Uncle Drew. Uh, yes, I took him no. to, see... <laughs> to see Uncle Drew. So that's that's
1: that's pretty recent. <laughs> that's I watched Uncle Drew I've seen in the Wait. theater.
0: It you was fun. It's it in Yes. Yes. Uncle yes. Drew in the theater <laughs> from, from YouTube ad to the movie theater.
1: I, I didn't even know it was a YouTube ad, so we watched the movie, and then afterwards we watched all the YouTube ads.
0: I, I would not have gone on my own though. Like I, I wouldn't have just went to see Uncle Drew. So before that, right. it might have been Jurassic Park,
1: <laughs> the original. <laughs> uh Krim, what was the last movie you saw in theaters? Uh, like a week ago. <laughs> Wait,
2: what movie? What movie? <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to think here. What like what was the most recent one I've seen? I think it was a uh like it's I'm blanking right now at the a, a, a Sp- Spider Man. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that was my movie, too. I just saw it. Like, that was movie. in a week ago. That was, like, actually Friday. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, it was, like, literally a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> it just released. And then I'm going to go see Aquaman. Surprise. <laughs> I'm, like, the opposite of Seth. I watch every superhero movie that comes out, and I make sure uh-huh. I do. I've even, I I'm going to watched...
1: watch Aquaman and expect nothing. <laughs> like, you need to expect nothing. <laughs> oh, of Otherwise, course. Otherwise, you'll severely absurd. disappointed.
2: <laughs> Wait, what, Seth, have you seen the trailer for Aquaman? What do you think when you look at that, when you watch that?
0: I, I have not even seen the trailer. Okay. What's good. what's an Aquaman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, come
2: on. We're, it's like, it's we're- actually
0: <laughs> funny. Most of my superhero knowledge comes from, uh, like, other shows that have spoofed superhero things. <laughs> so that's that's how I know. Like I, There was, I think, a Family Guy scene <laughs> yeah. about Aquaman. So that's, like, the extent of my Aquaman experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That
1: that that is actually my experience with Aquaman too, because I'm not a big DC fan. <laughs> I know nothing about. I don't know what his powers are. I I only know from like incidental references and in other and other pieces of media. <laughs>
2: he talks to fish. I actually do like like the newer iterations of Aquaman. <laughs> so, I mean, come on, the Goldfish Crew. Yeah, ha- we have to go at least watch Aquaman.
1: <laughs> oh man, but, but what if it's not good? <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> we could talk about how not good it is. <laughs> oh, what was the last DC movie that was terrible that I had high expectations for? Uh,
2: I, I watched Justice League. That was like the worst time oh, of my life.
1: Oh, yeah. Justice League. <laughs>
2: Justice League. was.
1: We're like, oh, Avengers was so good. Justice League must be good, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they, they clearly didn't get their act together. They, they do all not. All right. That's, that is all our fish mail. <laughs> Maybe we'll tune in next week with the review of Aquaman <laughs> uh, or or Uncle Drew. <laughs> I would love to hear both of you review Uncle Drew.
2: <laughs> I liked Uncle Drew. It
0: was, it, a was movie. it was pretty funny. It was, it was, fun. was Better than I would have. It, it was a
2: fun yeah. movie. Well, Seth, come on, <laughs> better than I imagined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was from like a Nike ad or something. I. Yeah. I just knowing the origins i figured it would be really bad but i actually laughed a little bit there there are some pretty funny parts <laughs> all anyway. right that's all our fish mail
1: <laughs> thanks to everyone who sent them in uh, if you have a question send it to at goldfish with the hashtag mdg fish mail and will get to your questions on here
0: and i think that brings us to the end of episode 102 of the goldfish podcast so richard Krim. Thanks for hanging out. Everyone, thank you for listening. Again, thanks to Spikes Academy for their support. You can get 10% off with the goldfish over at SpikesAcademy.com. So until next week, this is the crew signing out.